You're listening to the Tyro Podcast, a space to help understand ourselves on a deeper level by learning and sharing from each other's spiritual and wellness practices. My name is Lucy and I am so excited to be on this journey alongside you. So welcome to another episode of the Tyro Podcast. This week, our special guest is Nyx. We have been connected on Instagram for some time now through Tyro and her amazing page, Life with Nyx. It has been really cool to watch the growth of her platform as Nyx's content is incredibly insightful and raw. Her page combines posts on mental health, ED recovery and spirituality. On top of this, she is studying to be a counsellor, so I feel like we all have a lot to learn from her journey. I'm so excited for this chat, so let's welcome her on. Welcome to the show, Nyx. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think we'll just get started with your journey into spiritualism. So did you grow up with any type of spirituality or? No, not at all. My introduction to spirituality didn't come until a lot later in life. When I was a child, I was really interested in crystals. Just I had no idea what a crystal was, but I remember when I was about six or seven, whenever I'd go to a gift shop, I'd always buy crystals. Naturally, I'd gravitate towards them. So I think it's really full circle moment that I'm now into them. (laughs) It kind of makes sense. Um, but no one in my family is really spiritual. I went to church and things growing up, but I never really had a faith until a couple of years ago where I yeah, got into spirituality and the power of the universe and all that kind of thing. So that was really interesting, but also quite challenging because I didn't really have anyone to go on that journey with. It was very on my own trying to figure it all out. So mm, yeah. I can definitely relate to that. So what kind of brought you to exploring this so when I was at uni I was really struggling with my mental health and feeling really lost and I'd started counselling and therapy in this time um but it wasn't really giving me it was obviously good to talk about my feelings but I felt like I needed some faith to hold on to and some kind of I was kind of in a place where I was like there has to be something bigger than just us and it was around that time I was then really struggling with my eating and My parents suggested I went to this holistic healer that they knew um, because my hormones were completely imbalanced and everything. And they were like, "Okay, we'll send you to her, see if she can help you with anything. And she was the one who told me all about crystals. At this point, I really didn't know much about it. And I arrived at her house and she had her incense and all her like nice music going on. And she put me on her bed and put the crystals on me and was like, I'm going to start healing you. And I was like, there's no way this is nothing's going to come from this. But she did it and she put a rose quartz on my chest and then she did some sound therapy. And then whilst we were doing it, she was telling me all about the universe and the law of attraction, manifestation. And it just really fit. I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And it just, it was exactly what I needed in that moment to then want to, it lit a fire in me and I just wanted to learn more about it. And yeah, so I began to listen to podcasts on it, watch documentaries, read books and here I am today that's so interesting yeah I did Reiki the other day and I had Mm. the same kind of thing with the crystal on the chest I relate to what you're saying in terms of that's just what I needed in that moment Mm -hmm. because I think that's what for me when I got into it it wasn't that I necessarily thought that it was going to be the answer or Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing when I was getting into it but it's the hope that it Mm -hmm. kind of gives you of being like cool I have some control absolutely yeah yeah that is exactly it it was just learning that if you do have a bad day that's absolutely fine whereas I feel with other things I'd heard before it was like okay well once you go to therapy and stuff you're going to be better Mm. whereas everything I'd heard from people who are spiritual and like share their stories is 
that's never going to happen. You're never going to be having a perfect life. You know, there's always going to be in the good, the good and the bad. So it was just, yeah, exactly what I needed to find at that time. What was the first thing that you really integrated into your routine, would you say? Oh, that is a good question. I think for me, it was gratitude. Um, and yeah, as I said, I was really low at this point. And to begin with, it was so hard to think of anything I was grateful for because I was not in the mindset for that. But it, I started off really simple being like, I'm grateful for coffee because it then would give me energy and all that kind of thing. And I started really, really small, but then I tried to go as deep as I could into it. So I'm grateful for coffee because it gives me energy. It makes me feel comforted. It I can go out for friends and socialize over coffee. I just kind of found all these different things to be grateful for in one thing, if that makes sense. Mm. So gratitude was a massive, massive part for me. And also affirmations were really important. So this woman that I was speaking about, she, when I was doing the Reiki with her and everything, she told me to say some affirmations. And I always remember it. She told me to say, I am me, because in that moment I was so unaccepting of who I was. And I couldn't say, I physically could not get those words to come out of my mouth. Mm. And she kept on going, she was like, come on, like, say it like you mean it. And I was just crying because I could not say, I am me, because I was so unaccepting of the person I was. And... I think that was a real moment for me where I was like, wow, okay, like we need to work on this because the fact I couldn't even do that, I think that is quite a hard thing to start when you're in such a mindset of negativity and kind of self-hatred in a way. It's so hard to say like, I am beautiful, I am successful, I am intelligent, you know, because your brain doesn't let you think like that on a daily basis. So yeah, starting those, even if I wasn't truly believing them, it was such an important starting point for mm. me. Um, and yeah, I, I love both affirmations and gratitude. I do them every day still. So yeah, that was definitely my starting point. I love that. Yeah, I love gratitude as well. I've never like got super into affirmations. I do mm. want to. I do it now when I meditate, if it comes in the yeah. guided meditation. Mm -hmm. but, and I've written down some, but I haven't done yet really the speaking it to yourself yeah do you do it in front of the mirror or? yeah I try to it doesn't always happen um but I'll try and write them in the morning when I'm on my commute to work or something because I'm always in a rush but when I'm doing my makeup and stuff like that I will whisper to myself like I'm beautiful I'm mm. powerful and all that kind of thing and I try and say them out loud at least two every day but it's kind of got to the point now if I'm in a situation at work say where I'm suddenly really doubting myself my first thing to do is say some affirmations in my head and it's just such a like a subconscious part of my life now that I just I mean obviously speaking them out loud is amazing but I think saying them in your head or writing them down is just That's as powerful. good yeah mm. definitely. yeah it's so funny how something at the beginning you have to really force yourself to mm. do how it then just becomes yes second nature it really really does and I yeah I never thought I'd be that kind of person but yeah, it really is just so subconscious for me now and it's amazing. Mm, yeah, just training the brain to be more positive Absolutely. is such a great thing. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about the ups and downs mm. of your journey because you, one thing when I was preparing for this, I really had a good, even though I followed you for ages, but I had a really <laughs> good look through your Instagram. Mm. And well, I guess I looked really at the earlier stuff when maybe I wasn't following you at that point you're really open about mm. your ups and downs which inspired me to actually do that as well mm. because I think I always kind of shied away from that could you talk to me a bit more about how you found the ups and downs and yeah so I think going back to before I had my Instagram 
page, my positivity one, um, I was so aware of the fact that social media was just the highlights reel of everyone having an amazing life. And when I was in a really dark place, I'd look at it and be like, wow, my life is never going to live up to their life. And they're going on better holidays than me. And that was something that's always stuck with me. And I'm always so conscious of when I'm on social media that people only share the good things. So then when I started my other account and I kind of started to gain some followers, I was like, right, I, if anything, I want to show people that it's not just positivity all the time. And whilst you can have amazing highs, you can equally have lows. That is just a part of being human. And I was a bit apprehensive at first to post about them. And I, I still am whenever I post like a story about me saying I'm having a bad day because I don't want it to look like I'm looking for attention or, you know, anything like that. But it is just showing that every single person has a bad day and or a bad week or something like that. And it's kind of should be more spoken about and accepted in a way because, yeah, it's something we all go through. But we spend so much time on our phones, but we never see other people going through it. Mm. So I just kind of, yeah, decided that that was the kind of direction I wanted to go in. And, yeah, as you said, it's I find being open and raw just feels good to me to be mm. able to know that I'm being 100% honest so I thought yeah may as well start sharing when and I'm it's having. cathartic like as the person sharing it mm-hmm. at the same time as oh it's gosh. beneficial for your followers absolutely it's good to put yourself yeah to have that moment mm-hmm. of honesty with yourself yeah using yeah. social media as that kind of platform is a really beneficial way mm-hmm. it's almost becomes like a digital journal in a way yeah, and you does. can like look back at those moments because I think when I I had because it's been, yeah, I feel like I had my first really feeling amazing moment not that long ago. Like it was probably now, it's probably, I mean, time is just so difficult to judge. Like it was probably about seven months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was feeling so amazing. And I had three weeks of feeling just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I remember kind of thinking in that moment, yeah. I've cracked it. And then you have the low and it suddenly just feels really like, <gasps> so yeah, seeing posts like yours really helped. And then now... I'm, I welcome the dips a lot yeah. more and yeah. I'm just like it's cool it's a dip like next mm-hmm. week it'll probably be better if not two weeks that's or... the thing yeah like you say I think sometimes when you've come off from that high when you have a dip it feels worse because you've just experienced the high of life and I think what I try to share is for me when I first started if I had like a bit of a dip and felt low I was so worried like that was it I'm going I'm gonna spiral again and get really bad but it was just then kind of accepted and realizing that no, it's fine. I'm just going to sit in this low energy for a moment and in the knowledge and the comfort that I will be able to get back up one day. Um, And yeah, that's just how I try and look at life, to be honest. Mm, Yeah, yeah. welcoming the ups Mm -hmm. and downs. Absolutely. Um, I read this in um, this book I'm reading at the moment called The Mountain Is You. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, I read this part that was... It really made me think about that whole ups and downs bit because she talks about how like actual really positive life experiences can bring on depressive episodes afterwards, Um, which I found really interesting. So after things go really well for you, it's natural. I mean, it also goes with the dopamine like regulation Mm -hmm. in our brain, how, yeah, it causes that dip. And also the societal expectation, I suppose. I don't know if it is through society. I guess it is that we imagine that happy moments will last what would you say would be your tips for dealing with these dips like what do you do to make yourself feel better 
So when I'm in these moods, first of all, I kind of sit in whatever I'm feeling and I will, one of my feelings, I'm really big at validating your feelings and allowing them to just happen. You can't control your emotions, so you may as well kind of just completely feel it. I don't like to sit in it for too long, but I do give myself a day to cry about something and then try and get myself out of it. But I think when I am in a dip, I really like to connect with other people. So I'll talk to family and friends about it. I'm a massive talker. So I will talk to anyone about what's going on because I just find it so important to get that off my chest and get it out into the world. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to call a friend and cry to them, but I do really enjoy talking to people about when I'm in a dip and I think as well another one which is quite common for a lot of people I really like taking myself out of a certain situation and going on a walk or doing something like listening to good music just to try and focus my energy elsewhere if that makes sense Mm. no I completely agree that's what I'll do as well those are my two main ones actually (laughs) yeah I actually would say that is and also just like patience and yes which you already talked about, just about understanding and giving yourself... Just, like, like not forcing Mm. the... Yeah, not forcing yourselves to get out of it straight away because there is such a thing around toxic positivity Mm. that I even find myself doing it so often, which I get really annoyed at myself for. Like, if I'm really annoyed about a situation, which I have every right to be annoyed at, I will then try and be like, oh, well, you should be grateful for this. And sometimes you have to say, no, I'm not grateful for anything else in this moment. I am annoyed at something and I'm not going to pretend that I'm not, you know, like, so I'm going to be just accepting of that feeling and wait it out rather than trying to just force myself Mm, out of it. Like you do need patience with it because I think then you do get into the battle of trying to make yourself happy all the time and that's just going to lead to... It's exhausting. You mm. you can't do that. All and the also, time. it just like pushes those emotions mm-hmm. down. They will probably come out at some point. Definitely. Um. Yeah, that's my thing that I learned actually this week. When I feel a negative emotion, I want to try and make time at some point in mm. the day to just sit with it and Definitely. maybe journal on it and realize like why am I feeling so bad. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you to press that add button and the download. If you could share this episode with just one person who you think might enjoy it, it would help me so much. Thank you. As we were kind of talking about giving yourself that grace to deal with the ups and downs, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of that comes from and is part of self-love, which Mm. is also a big thing that you talk about on your page. Um, So what did your journey to self-love kind of look like? (laughs) My journey to self-love was the rockiest journey (laughs) um it's so hard to even start on that journey and get the idea in your head because I mean there's so many amazing influencers out there who promote positivity and self-love and body confidence and everything but my opinion is from the earliest of ages society doesn't let you love yourself and if you do love yourself you're told that you're big-headed and got a big ego and all that kind of thing so we're literally told from the four years old when we can have our own thoughts and feelings about ourselves that if you say like oh I'm really pretty I'm really good at this you're big-headed and it's such a negative and I think that's one of the things that makes self-love really hard and then the other part for me is because as I said before I was completely unaccepting of myself 
So it just seemed impossible that I could go from being <laughs> like so unhappy in who I was to then being like, actually, no, I love myself. Like it's such a long process. I think with a self-love journey, you can't expect the results to happen overnight or in a couple of months. Like it, it's a continuous process. You know, there are always going to be things that make you doubt yourself or give you negative feelings towards yourself. So it is really just about kind of, for me, as I said before, affirmations were a massive, massive thing for me. And surrounding myself with not necessarily people in real life, but as I said before, we spend so much time on social media and that's where so many like comparisons can be drawn. So I'm really mindful of who I follow on social media. And I think the real change happened for me when I followed this amazing girl, Chloe Corcoran, and she has quite a similar background to me in terms of not accepting herself and her body and struggles with eating. And she, every single day she would post a story saying, I look amazing. Can you believe how good I look? And at the beginning, I was like, of course she looked amazing. Like, I would look at her and say, wow, you do. But then when I would try and do that, I'd be like, God, no, like, who am I to talk? No one's gonna, no one's gonna think this. But then, yeah, you just kind of have to I don't know. It's just self-love. You have to just like put yourself out there. Exactly. Before you even almost believe it yourself. Yeah, literally. And then, yeah, because I guess that's also with like the law of attraction, you know, you put something out there and then your subconscious, the law of attraction all comes into play. And suddenly like you wake up and you're like, wait, yeah, Mm. actually. I feel like I had a similar thing as well. I did. That's I just remembered that I did do affirmations with that, but written Mm. of... Mm -hmm. One of my main one would always be, I love myself. And that's a lot what I manifested. Yeah. Um, but it is that weird thing of suddenly you just got to keep working at it. And then one day you wake up and you're kind of, and it's still not finished for me, but I woke up and was like, wow, like my relationship with myself is mm. a lot better. Yeah. Um, but that's usually what my dips consist of. It's like dips of just questioning myself. Mm. I mean, the dips come in all forms, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of the time my confidence takes the dip, yeah. um, which is what I realised. I also really loved one of your posts, which was about not big, like which you also just said, but that self-love is not being big-headed. Yeah. I remember mm. like when you were younger, especially as a girl, I feel... Mm. There's this expectation that you should be beautiful, but not know you're beautiful. And oh it's so, gosh, oh, yes. being pretty is just not knowing that you're pretty. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Having, yeah. So you're like basically essentially not supposed to be confident. It really is. And I think for me, so the post you're talking about, what really inspired that is, I, so I went to an all-girls school growing up. Okay. And <laughs> this was, I think, I mean, when you're that age, you're very naive to the world and it was definitely before the era of women empowering other women so definitely (laughs) not a good time to be in a girls school (laughs) um but I remember like this one girl so in the whole year there was this one girl and she was incredibly talented incredibly smart incredibly beautiful like she genuinely was amazing and she knew that and so it, it got to the point where she would say like, yeah, like, I know I look really good. I know I look really pretty. And everyone would then be mean to her about it. And it's like, we're all agreeing with her. But the second she says it, we're criticising her for it. Mm. Like, that literally makes no sense. How, how does that work? That we're like, yeah, this girl's really pretty. And then she's like, yeah, I know. And we're like, no. 
Okay. It's um, like that bit on Mean Girls, isn't it? Yeah. Where I can't remember her name. Regina Jules says to her, like, oh, you're really pretty. She's like, thanks. And it's like, oh, so you think you're pretty? Yeah. Like, it's that's just. <laughs> and that's also like what we, I mean, that movie was like huge for oh us God, growing yeah. up, let alone that. And there was a documentary on Netflix. I think it was Netflix, but I can't remember what it was called. Mm. I think it was called The Social Something. Um, where it really talks about the magazine culture was particularly mm. brutal, like the celebrity culture. Oh, yeah. And that was obviously what we were seeing, Completely even if it toxic. was like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that era in general was a really, really toxic time. Horrible. For, like women were just so judged. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's probably no wonder, because even if we did have this innate self-love, mm-hmm. that then was definitely ringed out of us yeah. um, at school. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah, and I think obviously as well, everyone, I think that, I guess it's that inner child. Like I was really reflecting on this the other day of when I was really young. I remember feeling that way. Like I remember Mm. thinking, I am amazing at everything. Like I was like, I'm great at singing. I wasn't, I was awful. (laughs) And I just had like all these really positive feelings towards myself. Mm. And then somewhere along the line, it just like got, I guess, beaten out of me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Crazy. it definitely is. I think it's something between like the ages of seven and 12 is like where all your development comes from. And they're such important years, but also the years I think kids can be the meanest. So it, as you said, like you like, wow, like, I'm really good at singing or whatnot. And then it just takes one comment from someone and that's it. That area of self-confidence is completely gone, mm. you know, and your brain and your body will remember that. And yeah. that's it. It's just, it completely gets knocked out of you, as you said. Yeah, I remember having this like situation when I was younger where we just started hanging out with boys mm. and one of them made a really small comment um I was like sitting next to this boy and he was like oh Lucy's arms are bigger than yours like obviously making a part yeah. that the boy wasn't very muscly yeah but in my head which mm. I only realized after like years of not wanting oh to God. wear a short sleeve t-shirt or definitely not a tank top but I me and my mom always look back on that and laugh and I feel like there are so many things that I'll realize I'm worried about doing something and then there's there's no to me there's no rhyme or reason why I don't want to wear a certain thing but then when I'm doing some shadow work or speaking with my therapist it will click and I'm like oh it's because someone made a comment about this and it, I've you've carry that with you your whole life and it suddenly hits you like oh, okay this is where that's come from and then you can obviously process it all those little comments completely build up and just shape how you view yourself mm. and it's so it's so sad it is really sad really sad so, so much wasted time but mm-hmm. I mean at whatever age you start doing yeah it, you have to think like at least you're doing it now but oh for sure it's um, always worth doing it exactly but yeah, yeah I definitely hope I mean I have a sister who's about to turn 16 um and I I notice already things are a bit better but I hope they Mm. I hope like this all pushes to her generation and I was gonna say I really have faith that our generation will hopefully be able to like make some really positive changes Mm. in that regard I'm hopeful I am as well Can you, for anyone listening that doesn't really understand what counselling is, can you just Mm -hmm. explain a little bit more? Yeah, so counselling is slightly different to therapy in the sense where therapy is more understanding brain patterns and giving you kind of skills to work on that. Whereas counselling, me and Lucy were having this discussion before, is about listening and supporting. And it's, for me, when I was having counselling, it's just so beneficial to have someone completely unbiased just listen to you and you can vent out all your problems everything that's going on 
officially counsellors aren't supposed to give you any advice or guidance it's literally just there to support you for who you are and accept you and just providing you with a space to be open just being someone who can provide a safe space for someone is so incredibly powerful and I think every (laughs) in my opinion I think everyone should go to counselling and just be able to talk about themselves and I think the world would be a better place for it but obviously it's not accessible for everyone I think that's what's really positive about the side of social media that we're on because Mm. everyone being able to share what they learn means that people can at least put their toe in without having to yeah commit to it Uh, yeah I think the biggest thing I think it's probably a mix of work I've done with previous therapists and then also social media is that trauma doesn't have to be like a really significant thing like I think this was the biggest thing I've ever learned in therapy is trauma can literally be anything I think when you just hear the word trauma you're you associate it with abuse or like a a bad event in your childhood but that's not necessarily true and I think that's where a lot of mental health problems come from because people don't validate themselves so for me and my story nothing significantly bad happened to me but it was just as we mentioned the little comments people would make and how you store that in your subconscious and all the different things that happened it builds up and creates a whole trauma in itself and something that one of my therapists said to me that was really powerful was like no matter what you're feeling it is valid and I think that's what I personally find most powerful about speaking to a professional it's just that feeling of validation and obviously anyone can make you feel valid which is I'm quite a big advocate on like whatever you're feeling it's valid because there just isn't enough support for everyone so as you said I think like on the side of Instagram we're on it's so accepting of what Mm. everyone's going through and how everyone's feeling so yeah hopefully that can leak out into the rest of social media in the world what would you say the greatest lesson of the counselling course that you've learned so far? Oh, the greatest lesson. Um, (laughs) There are many indirect lessons, but I would say the best thing I've learned about listening and helping other people. Yeah, the conversation we had, everyone should be aware of how to be an active listener is that you don't necessarily have to agree with what someone's telling you, but you can do your best to understand them. And that's not about creating excuses like, oh, well, I acted in this way because of so-and-so. That can also be very valid. But it's about just taking the time to understand someone and go into their frame of reference rather than just basing your opinion on a certain situation from your own view, if that makes sense. What would be your tips on how we can all better practice active listening? Oh, I think that, yeah, that is a good question because there's such a difference between listening and active listening. Um, Gosh, we actually had this conversation on the course the other week, uh, so that's very good timing. I think as people, and this isn't a criticism to anyone at all because I do it all the time, it's like if someone comes to you and they're sharing a problem, it's second nature to kind of compare it to yourself. Be like, oh, a similar thing happened to me. And that person be like that's not similar to actually what you're talking about and we try and relate to other people sometimes I think that can be really helpful because showing someone they're not alone is so incredibly important but I think also just allowing people to speak and release their emotions and just get anything off get anything off their chest that they want I think it's so beneficial just to sit there and be there for somebody I think that's a really easy way that you've summed it up because I can seem I 
see myself doing that sometimes too. Everyone does it, yeah. Yeah. So to finish the episode, I plan on asking all my guests, what are your three favourite things or activities to do when you're feeling off? We kind of already covered it, but we can do it as a summary. Yeah. So (laughs) one of my absolutely favourite things, I've only started doing this in the past couple of months and you might have seen on my Instagram stories, I love having a candlelit shower. Mm. (laughs) Like, I know obviously people have like candlelit baths and stuff, but they're, for me, it's just like when it's nice and dark and you're in your bathroom, just light a couple of candles. I love listening to like binaural beats, like frequency music, because that just makes you feel so good because that's, it helps your brain process things. And just then, (laughs) it sounds a bit stupid, but then just, just, being so relaxed and like letting the water literally cleanse you and wash away and I just find it such a comforting and relaxing experience because you can I'm really big on visualization so if I'm upset about something I will literally visualize the water washing these things away from me and it's just oh I love it I would recommend it to everyone <laughs> I actually had my first one last week did you? by you yeah yes. did you enjoy it I really liked it yeah yeah really but nice on the like frequency yes. music as well yeah. and yeah turned off the lights so good um I've also started putting like some rose quartz in my shower as well to try and get some more good vibes mm. yeah another thing I like to do is journal I'm really big at journaling however if I'm having a really bad day or something I won't necessarily write about that because I don't like for myself I don't particularly like writing about when I'm really upset about something um so I will try and refrain until I'm in a better space because I do this is something I'm still working on in therapy I do kind of shut down a bit (laughs) so actually journaling it out doesn't help me when I'm low but I really enjoy doing nice quote pages. I really enjoy calligraphy and drawing and that kind of thing. So I'll find a quote that's really speaking to me in the moment and then just write it out nice. And I think because then as I'm drawing it and all that, like you're subconsciously taking it in for like an hour, the hour I'm doing it for. So a nice quote is constantly going into my head. So I really enjoy that. And then, yeah, the last one, I guess, is just going on a walk, listening to good music, depending on what's causing the mood um if it's stuff that's been triggered by like my inner child I'll like intentionally listen to music that I would listen to when I was a teenager so when the inner child wounds first occurred Mm. so then I'll kind of transport myself back into that person I was through the music because I've then like gone back to that it's a lot clearer for me to recognize how I'm not that person anymore and I've got the skills and the resources that I needed back then so it kind of is a way that I like to honour my inner child and whatever's triggered them at that point, whilst also realising I'm not that person anymore and I've got the things I needed back then. Mm, so, because I, like yeah. I really want to do something in the child works. Yeah, no, I always put on a bit of like One Direction, and yeah. like, five seconds of summer, <laughs> <laughs> go back to 15 year old Nicola. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for coming on here. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was the Tyro podcast, and I would love to see you again next week.